0: Welcome to the reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch for November 3rd, 2023. I'm your reader, Stephen Gazer. Ag and Environment. Yields look strong as harvest nears completion. By Jared Strong, October 30, 2023. Farmers in Iowa are routinely harvesting more than 200 bushels of corn per acre this year, despite widespread drought as crop harvest reaches its conclusion. According to field agronomists for Iowa State University Extension and Outreach, quote, Our corn hybrids are much better adapted to dry conditions now than they were 20 years ago, said agronomist Angela Rikins, who monitors part of north-central Iowa. Most people were extremely fortunate that they caught a rain or two at the end of June, and then they caught some more in August, end quote. About 77% of the state's corn has been harvested for grain, according to a Monday report by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. About 93% of soybeans have been harvested. That is eight days ahead of the five-year average. Crops mature more quickly this year amid the drought and hot temperatures in late August and early September. The vast majority of the state is suffering from some measure of drought, and those conditions are expected to continue at least through January, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. Nearly a quarter of the state has extreme drought, the second-to-worst dryness classification in eastern Iowa. Still, farmers are poised to post one of their best years for crop yields. The USDA predicted this month that corn yields would average about 199 bushels per acre. The actual figure won't be finalized for months. Quote, yields are really just ridiculously good, said Megan Anderson, an agronomist who monitors central Iowa. It's not amazing across the board, but for the most part, people are super pleasantly surprised. She advises farmers to avoid tilling fields right now, unless necessary, to keep moisture in the soil. About 53% of the state's topsoil has adequate or surplus soil moisture for growing crops, which is an increase from last week and nearly double what it was a year ago. The state averaged about an inch of precipitation last week, according to state climatologist Justin Gleason. That is more than double what is typically expected this time of year. Quote, Widespread rain fell across Iowa over several days last week, and a cold blast brought the first measurable snow to northern Iowa. Said Mike Mag, the state's secretary of agriculture, the weather forecast looks drier over the next week, with temperatures slowly climbing to near seasonal, offering farmers an excellent window to harvest or complete other field work. Despite the frigid temperatures, last week averaged about seven degrees above normal. Livestock pasture conditions slightly improved this past week, the USDA said. About 20% of pastures are rated good or excellent. Quote, but getting water to pastured cattle continued to be an issue for some producers, according to the USDA. Election 2024, Government and Politics Trump's lead grows in New Iowa Poll as Haley catches up to DeSantis. By Robin Upsell, October 30, 2023 Former President Donald Trump's lead over his rivals for the 2024 Iowa caucuses grew in the Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa poll, published Monday, while former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley rose to tie with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for second place. The poll found 43% of likely Republican caucus goers plan to choose Trump as their first choice in the caucuses, up from 42% in the August Iowa poll. Trump's share of supporters did not grow significantly between the two polls. He gained a higher lead over his GOP competitors, rising from 23 to 27 percentage points ahead of DeSantis. While DeSantis kept hold of a second-place spot, his position as the leading alternative to the former president flagged between the two polls. From August to October, DeSantis fell from 19% to 16% of respondents who picked him as their first choice, in the same period, Haley made a 10 percentage point leap in the same category, matching DeSantis at 16% in the latest poll. Trump has highlighted his success in Iowa and national polls on the campaign trail. In Sioux City Sunday, the former president told a crowd he has been repeatedly warned to not take Iowan support for granted, but that, quote, there's no way Iowa is going to be against Trump, end quote. Though he emphasized his confidence in the support of Midwestern states in presidential nominating contests and a general election rematch against President Joe Biden, Trump spent time criticizing DeSantis and Haley at the Iowa event. No other GOP presidential candidate reached double-digit support in the October poll. U.S. Senator Tim Scott has support of 7% of likely Republican caucus goers. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy came in at 4%. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum at 3%, and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson at 1%. Texas pastor and businessman Ryan Binkley polled at 0%, in addition to 2% of respondents answering that none of these candidates were their first choice. And three percent were not sure on who they want to become the Republican presidential nominee. The latest poll follows a flurry of candidates dropping out of the race in the past month. Former Vice President Mike Pence suspended his campaign Saturday, telling the crowd at the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference that quote, it's become clear to me this is not my time. Pence did not make an endorsement while exiting the race, but other Republican presidential hopefuls who dropped their bids in recent weeks have. Conservative show host Larry Elder and Michigan businessman Perry Johnson both endorsed Trump when they announced leaving the field in October. Former U.S. Representative Will Hurd endorsed Haley as he ended his campaign while calling for Republicans, quote, to unite around an alternative candidate to Trump, end quote. Haley and DeSantis traded attacks in campaign ads in October as the former U.N. ambassador gained more attention on the national stage and in Iowa following a heightened focus on international affairs following the Hamas attacks on Israel October 7th. Never Back Down, the PAC supporting DeSantis released ads criticizing Haley for offering incentives to a Chinese fiberglass manufacturing company that established a product line in South Carolina while she was governor, as well as claiming she supported allowing Palestinian refugees from Gaza into America. The Super PAC supporting Haley released an ad saying the claim about accepting Palestinian refugees was false, saying he, quote, is losing, so lying, so now he's throwing mud at Nikki Haley, end quote. As some Republicans like Hurd are calling for the party to rally behind a single candidate who can put up a significant challenge to the former president, there are still eight candidates competing for the GOP ticket in 2024. Candidates are hoping to raise their national profile in debates with the third Republican presidential debate scheduled for November 8th in Miami, Florida. At least six candidates plan to participate, but not everyone still in the race will participate. Burgum has not met the polling threshold set by the RNC to make it on the stage, and Hutchinson has met neither the polling and donor thresholds. Trump has not participated in any of the Republican debates ahead of 2024. The former president told Iowans earlier in October that the debates are pointless because he holds such a large lead. Quote, they're going to cancel all the debates after Miami. That's what I hear, he said. Though Trump is the leading candidate, his campaign is also taken on a challenge no other candidates face, a multitude of criminal charges. Trump is currently involved in cases alleging interference in the 2020 election and illegal possession of classified documents, as well as felony counts related to allegedly falsifying business records in a payment to Stormy Daniels ahead of the 2016 election. The poll also found that nearly two-thirds, 65 percent, of likely Republican caucus-goers did not believe that Trump's legal battles would negatively impact his ability to win against Biden in a general election. The majority of respondents said the former president, quote, can win an election against Joe Biden regardless of his legal challenges, end quote, while 32 percent said Trump's court cases, quote, will make it nearly impossible for him to win an election against Joe Biden. A plurality of likely GOP caucus-goers also said Trump should continue to lead the party. 39% responded that the Republican Party, quote, should continue to be led by Donald Trump, end quote. 28% said Trump was, quote, a good president, but it is time to consider other leaders, end quote. While 32% called for a new party leader, quote, with better personal behavior and a different approach, end quote. Though DeSantis' support fell among likely Republican caucus-goers as a first choice, Trump and DeSantis have the same share of poll respondents weighing them as an option. Both have 67% of likely Republican caucus-goers who rank them as their first or second choice, or said they are, quote, actively considering, end quote, the candidates. Haley has a smaller footprint with 54% of likely GOP caucus-goers considering her for the 2024 presidential nomination followed by Scott at 49% and Vivek Ramaswamy at 32%. The poll was conducted October twenty second through twenty sixth by Selter & Company, surveying 404 likely Republican caucus-goers and has a margin of error plus or minus 4.9 percentage points. Civil Rights and Immigration, Government and Politics Capital Clicks Nine governors press NCAA to change transgender student-athlete participation policy. By Janelle Steckline, October thirty first, 2023. Nine Republican governors are pressing the nation's top collegiate sports governing body to overhaul its transgender student-athlete policies to, quote, guarantee a fair environment, end quote, for female athletes. In a letter, the governors wrote that the NCAA has, quote, the chance to guarantee an environment where female college athletes can thrive without the concern of inequities, end quote, but must overhaul its existing transgender student-athlete policy. The governor said the NCAA currently leaves it to the national governing body of each sport to determine transgender student-athlete participation. But this policy allows the NCAA to avoid responsibility for ensuring the fairness of collegiate sports. Therefore, it must be changed. The governors of South Dakota, Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, and Wyoming wrote in a joint letter addressed to NCAA Committee on Competitive Safeguards and Medical aspects of sports. It was also sent to NCAA President Charlie Baker and the organization's board of governors. Because of a lack of federal action, the governor said they've become the quote, last line of defense end quote, for ensuring fairness in female sports. They said many of their states have already passed legislation quote, to ensure this fairness, end quote, but more can be done. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has not signed onto the letter, but signed legislation in March 2022 to ban participation by transgender women in K-12 and college sports, including at NCAA member schools. In their letter, the nine governors said that it's, quote, fundamentally unfair, end quote, for a biological male to compete against a biological female, and that does not, quote, change when someone declares themselves as being of a different gender, end quote. They said biological men are generally, quote, taller, faster, stronger, and have more testosterone than biological women, end quote. And they argued that there's a scientifically documented athletic performance gap between genders. Quote, policies that allow men and women to compete against one another validate an average male athlete stealing the recognition from a truly remarkable female athlete, they wrote. The letter also pointed to the performance of track star Alison Felix, who is considered one of the greatest female athletes in her sport. The governor said she once ran a 400-meter race in 49.62 seconds. However, they said high school boys often run faster. They said Title IX, which prohibits discrimination based on sex and activities or education programs that receive federal funding, guarantees women an equal chance to compete. The NCAA did not respond to requests request for comment as of press time. This story was originally published by Oklahoma Voice, which is part of State's Newsroom, a non-profit news network supported by grants and a coalition of donors as a 501c3 public charity. Oklahoma Voice maintains editorial independence. Contact editor Janelle Steckline for questions. Iowa at OklahomaVoice.com Healthcare. Hospital's fate remains in question as pensioners cite conflicts of interest. By Clark Kaufman, October 30, 2023. The fate of Mercy Hospital of Iowa City remains in question this week amid competing bids for the 150-year-old medical center. In August, after Mercy filed for bankruptcy, the Iowa Board of Regents approved the University of Iowa's request to purchase the hospital with a bid of $20 million. Mercy's property, equipment, inventory, hospital employees, supplies, and active business operations were included in the proposed sale. On October 10th, one of Mercy's primary lenders, Preston Hollow Community Capital, was declared to have submitted the winning bid of $29 million for Mercy. Within days, however, Mercy indicated it misunderstood Preston Hollow's plans for the manner in which the operating losses will be funded after November of this year. The auction was then reopened, and Mercy declared the University of Iowa to be the winning bidder even after Preston Hollow had increased its bid. A hearing is scheduled for November 6th at which Mercy is expected to seek a court order approving the sale of the hospital to the University of Iowa. Pensioners Raise Conflict of Interest Concerns In a written statement, Preston Hollow said that since, quote, being declared the winning bidder on October 10th, we have been working toward a smooth transition for the hospital to ensure continuity of care. In the coming days, the bankruptcy court will rule on this matter. In the meantime, our team will continue to evaluate the process to ensure the hospital remains viable long-term, and the facility's nurses, doctors, and other staff can continue to deliver high-quality services to patients across the community. Recently, the bankruptcy court heard from attorneys representing Mercy's pension plan beneficiaries, arguing that the Committee of Mercy Creditors, who will vote on key issues related to the disposition of Mercy's remaining assets, has put the pensioners at a disadvantage. Mercy's pension plan is underfunded, and attorneys for the beneficiaries are concerned that even if they are granted one or two seats on creditors' committees, the interests of pensioners may not be protected due to what they call, quote, potential and actual conflicts, end quote. They note that a representative or officer of Mercy may be functioning as the trustee for the pension plan itself, quote, a situation that, if true, would appear to give rise to potentially untenable conflicts of interest as the case progresses, end quote. The beneficiaries' attorneys argue, quote, the pensioners have interests that are different in kind and potentially adverse to those of the other creditors' committee members, end quote, who may be competing for Mercy's assets. Quote, while, in theory, pensioners on the creditors' committee could advocate for pensioner interests within that structure, in practice they would be consistently outvoted and have no real power or voice, the pensioners' attorneys have told the court. Preston Hollow sought receiver before bankruptcy. Days before Mercy filed for bankruptcy, Preston Hollow, as the hospital's largest senior secured creditor, claimed Mercy was in, quote, a financial freefall, end quote. The specialty financed company went to court asking the judge to appoint a receiver who could take control of the hospital's assets, claiming the 234-bed acute care hospital was incurring, quote, unsustainable financial losses, end quote. And arguing that a receiver was needed to avoid a shutdown of the hospital. Mercy sought to have that case dismissed, calling Preston Hollow's actions a quote, pretextual power play by an investment fund that puts the medical team, employees, patients, and larger community at risk. According to Preston Hollow's petition, Mercy's liquidity had declined by $40 million, or 51% over the past nine months and the hospital had a negative cash flow of roughly $2.6 million per month. The hospital's own financial projections showed that its liquidity would dwindle to less than $5 million, a level that's insufficient to pay the cost of ongoing operations by late September, the petition alleged. Quote, if action is not taken immediately, the hospital may be forced to cease operations and shutter." the petition stated adding that Preston Hollow had implored the board to initiate a financial turnaround plan, quote, before it falls off the financial cliff, end quote, in September. Tax records show that the hospital finished the 2022 fiscal year $16.8 million in the red, taking in $177 million while spending almost $194 million. That was a dramatic shift from the previous year, when the hospital took in $10.4 million more than it spent. According to those same records, the hospital's net assets, or fund balances, dropped precipitously over that same period from $96.8 million in 2021 to $55.8 million in 2022. Justice. Iowa Company Faces a Blizzard of Litigation Over Massive Data Breach. By Clark Kaufman, October 31, 2023. An Iowa-based national meal delivery company is facing another class action lawsuit and a blizzard of litigation over the alleged loss of customer data in a massive cyber attack. The latest lawsuit against Pur Foods, which does business as Mom's Meals, was originally filed in South Carolina before being transferred to U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Iowa this week. It is at least the 11th class action lawsuit filed against the company in the past two months although several of those cases were recently consolidated into a single case. Mom's Meals, based in Ankeny, is a national meal delivery company that serves tens of thousands of individuals with special nutritional needs, providing them with ready-to-eat meals. The company is being sued for allegedly failing to properly safeguard customers' personally identifiable information, including protected health information that would include names, billing information, medical diagnostic codes, health insurance information, and medical treatment information. The customers were allegedly required to share their personal health information with the company so that meals could be tailored to meet their nutritional needs. The lawsuits allege the company acquired and stored customer information in a manner that allowed third-party cybercriminals to gain access to the data on January 16, 2023, for their own marketing and sales purposes. The total number of individuals who allegedly had their data compromised is approximately 1.2 million, according to the most recent lawsuit. That lawsuit claims the company didn't learn of the January 2023 data breach until February 22, 2023, and that customers weren't informed of the matter until August 2023. The customers, quote, remain, even today, in the dark regarding what particular data was stolen, the particular malware used and what steps are being taken, if any, to secure their personal health information going forward, the lawsuit alleges. The lawsuit notes that the Federal Trade Commission has concluded that a company's failure to maintain reasonable and appropriate data security for consumers' sensitive personal information is an, quote, unfair practice, end quote, in violation of federal regulations. Attorneys for the newest plaintiffs argue that a single individual's personal information can be sold on the dark web at prices ranging from 40 to $200. In addition to unspecified damages, the most recent lawsuit seeks an injunction prohibiting the company from maintaining customers' personal health information on any cloud-based database. The cases have yet to be granted class action status by the courts, and Mom's Meals has yet to file a response to specific claims of the various plaintiffs. The plaintiffs in the newest case are represented by Paul Doolittle of the Charleston, South Carolina law firm of Paulin, Willie, and Anna Education. Election 2024. Which GOP presidential candidates have plans to reduce college debt? All of the GOP contenders oppose Biden's debt forgiveness plan. Some offer their own ideas. By Brooklyn Tracy. October 30th, 2023. All of the Republicans running for president in 2024 oppose President Joe Biden's efforts to forgive college debt. Some, but not all, of them have offered their own ideas to make education more affordable. The pause on student loan repayments that began during the COVID-19 pandemic ended this October, impacting tens of millions of borrowers across the U.S. Biden's plan to cancel up to $10,000 in debt for 40 million qualified borrowers was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in June. The White House has since pivoted to income-driven repayment plans that forgives balances after a certain number of years. About 4 million Americans, including 40,000 Iowans, are enrolled. The Republicans running for president generally celebrated the Supreme Court ruling, calling the plan an overreach of executive power. They've criticized the idea of loan forgiveness, which some have said would put undue burdens on those without student loans and exacerbate inflation. Some candidates have suggested alternatives to forgiving loans, like curbing interest rates or tailoring them to a borrower's income. Others have called for more transparency and accountability for the colleges students are taking loans out to attend. Here are some of the candidates' stances on combating student debt. Donald Trump Former President Donald Trump celebrated Biden's student loan forgiveness plan being struck down this summer, calling it, quote, very unfair, end quote, to those who had already paid off their loans. Quote, Today, the Supreme Court also ruled that President Biden is not allowed to wipe out hundreds of billions and perhaps trillions of dollars of student loan debt, which would have been very unfair to the millions and millions of people who paid their debt through hard work and diligence, Trump said at a June Moms for Liberty event. During his presidency, Trump proposed a 2021 budget that would end subsidized loans, reduce the number of loan repayment plans, and end the public service loan forgiveness program. Ron DeSantis Florida Governor Ron DeSantis addresses student loan debt in his, quote, Declaration of Economic Independence, end quote, calling for universities to be responsible for their students' debt and for loans to be discharged through bankruptcy. In a July campaign event, DeSantis said universities offering students degrees in areas that won't make them successful, citing the example of zombie students, are able to rake in cash while students rack up debt that they won't be able to pay off. Putting colleges on the hook for debt students can't repay will incentivize the institutions to more career-driven coursework rather than ideological studies, according to his campaign. Quote, we need to do things to make it better for our students to be able to have pathways for success, but it starts with holding these universities accountable, DeSantis said. Nikki Haley. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley praised the Supreme Court for striking down Biden's student loan forgiveness plan on X formerly known as Twitter, calling it a, quote, power grab, quote, a president cannot just wave his hand and eliminate loans for students he favors while leaving out all those who worked hard to pay back their loans or made other career choices, she said. In a May interview with New Hampshire news station WMUR, Haley suggested halting accruing interest on loans until a student has finished their schooling rather than allowing interest to pile onto loans as soon as it is dispersed to school. This will give students a better chance of paying off their loans once they've graduated, she said. Ryan Binkley In an interview with the Iowa Capital Dispatch, Texas businessman and pastor Ryan Binkley said programs like income-driven loan repayment plans and interest waivers would offer aid to those in need while not impacting inflation, unlike loan forgiveness. Quote, I'm not for just a blanket forgiveness a debt. Because really what that does is that's just going to increase the inflation going on and on because what we have to do is borrow money from ourselves and print money in order to do that, Binkley said. So all that does is exacerbate the long-term problem for the next year's students and thereafter because it doesn't really address the issue, end quote. It's also important to direct those looking for post-secondary education to alternative pathways like vocational schools and community colleges, he said, as they are more affordable and give students training for in-demand careers. Vivek Ramaswamy Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy has called Biden's student loan forgiveness plan a, quote, regressive scam, end quote, on social media, and said student loan forgiveness would force all Americans to pay for four-year degrees obtained by about one-third of the population, some being, quote, anti-American, end quote, gender studies majors. After Biden's plan was struck down by the Supreme Court, Ramaswamy said the U.S. has made a habit of paying people to do the opposite of what they should, including paying people more to not pay their student loans instead of rewarding those who have paid theirs off. The court's decision reversed this trend and set a precedent that he hopes to expand to other areas of the government. Quote, that's not America, he said in a June statement. America is a country where you achieve and get ahead based on your own hard work and commitment and dedication. We're not going to pay you to do the other thing. Tim Scott U.S. Senator Tim Scott in June introduced a package of five bills aimed at decreasing the expenses of seeking higher education, called the Lowering Education Costs and Debt Act, alongside Chuck Grassley and other lawmakers. The legislation went against Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which he said would force, hardworking Americans to shoulder debt they never signed up for. End quote. It included standardizing student aid offers across colleges and universities, providing more transparency for families about costs, simplifying repayment plans, and guiding students away from borrowing money for programs that won't lead them to high paying careers. Asa Hutchinson Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson said in a statement last year, that forgiving student loans is a misuse of executive authority. And Americans who didn't take out student loans due to attending a lower-cost school or entering the workforce would be discouraged by those efforts. Quote, If President Biden wanted to provide relief to Americans with student loan debts, he could work to permanently lower interest rates instead of across-the-board forgiveness, he said in a statement. Forgiving student loan debts will reward high-cost schools and add to the inflated costs of higher education. He reiterated his belief in curbing interest rates on X earlier this month, calling for Congress to cap interest rates to help borrowers while not punishing taxpayers. Doug Burgum North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, in a July video, likened canceling half a trillion dollars in student debt to printing out half a trillion dollars and introducing it to the economy, calling Biden's plan, quote, super-inflationary, end quote, and a, quote, political payoff, end quote. Blue-collar kids who went to trade school would be subsidizing kids who went to college and took out loans with student loan forgiveness, he said. Quote, America is about if you borrow money, you pay it back, he said. You are listening to the reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch for November 3, 2023, on IRIS, the Iowa Radio Reading Information Service for the Blind. Now let's continue with this week's stories. Government and Politics. Healthcare. Capital Clicks. Nebraska, Iowa, and 13 Other States pen Letter Against Federal Nursing Home Staffing Proposal by Zach Wendling, November 1, 2023. Lincoln Fifteen Republican governors, led by Nebraska's Jim Pillen of Nebraska and Iowa's Kim Reynolds, are adding on to criticism of a proposed federal nursing home staffing rule. The U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services proposed the new rules September 1st to ensure that long-term care residents receive a minimum number of daily nursing hours. Registered nurses would be required to be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The rule would also expand resident assessment requirements. In a Wednesday letter to President Joe Biden, the governor said they are, quote, pulling multiple levels, quote, to ensure facilities have the needed staff to care for residents. Quote, in contrast, your proposed rule treats this complex, deep-rooted problem as something to be solved with a simple wave of the bureaucratic wand, the governors wrote. Quote, this is not only unrealistic, but it also threatens to unravel the work we have done, while harming the seniors, elderly, and disabled it's designed to help, the letter continues. We urge you to reconsider your commitment to unfunded mandates and instead enter into a genuine state-federal dialogue on how best to serve residents of long-term care facilities in our states. The governors add that the rule would impact rural communities, further exacerbate the country's workforce crisis, which has not recovered from COVID-19, and erode access to care, quote, for some of our most vulnerable citizens, end quote. Chiquita Brooks-Lashur, Administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services previously described the rule as an quote, important first step end quote, to hold nursing homes accountable and ensure residents get the quote, safe, high quality care that they deserve. End quote. Wednesday's letter echoes similar pushback in September from Nebraska's congressional delegation and organizations, including the Nebraska Nursing Facility Association, Nebraska Assisted Living Association and Nebraska Healthcare Association. The Center for Medicare Advocacy also criticized the rule as insufficient and, quote, a major step backwards, end quote. In addition to Pillen and Reynolds, governors from the following states joined the letter, Georgia, Indiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will accept comments on the proposed rule through November 6th. Inset Box This story was originally published by Nebraska Examiner, which is part of State's Newsroom, a network of news bureaus supported by grants and a coalition of donors as a 501 public charity. Nebraska Examiner maintains editorial independence. Contact editor Kate Folsom for questions. Info at NebraskaExaminer.com. Election 2024, Government and Politics, Capital Clicks Iowa Democrats Begin Accepting Mail-In Ballot Requests for 2024 Caucus by Robin Opsall, November 1, 2023 Registered Iowa Democrats can now request Presidential Preference Cards to participate in the 2024 Iowa Democratic Caucuses, the State Party announced Wednesday. The caucusing process is a large change from previous years. Iowa Democrats will participate in the caucuses through an absentee system, expressing their choice for the Democratic presidential nominee by mail instead of the in-person events traditionally hosted by the Iowa Democratic Party. It will also be the first time in decades that Iowa Democratic caucus results will not be the first released in the Democratic nominating cycle. While Iowa Democrats will still hold precinct caucuses January 15th, 2024, the same day as the Iowa Republican presidential caucuses, no expression of presidential preference will take place that night. The party will release results March 5th on, quote, Super Tuesday, end quote, alongside several other states, a part of the agreement reached with the National Party in October. The changes were finalized following a lengthy process kickstarted by the Democratic National Committee to reorganize the presidential nominating calendar. Iowa was booted from its traditional first in the nation position after the 2020 presidential election cycle, spurred in part by reporting errors during the 2020 Iowa Democratic caucuses. Iowa did not receive a waiver from the DNC to hold an early state contest in the new presidential nominating calendar. The new lineup starts with South Carolina's primary, followed by New Hampshire, Nevada, Georgia, and Michigan. National Democratic leaders have also criticized caucuses for being less accessible than mail-in primaries, in addition to criticizing Iowa for leading the nomination process despite having a less diverse voter base than other parts of the country. Iowa Democratic Party Chair Rita Hart said in a news release Wednesday that the party is committed to making the 2024 the, quote, most inclusive Iowa caucus in history end quote quote "Iowans who work a third shift, families that may not have access to child care, or seniors who are homebound can now make their voices heard in our presidential process," Hart said in a statement. The absentee voting cards can be requested online or by mail. The IDP website provides links to make a request online, in addition to providing a file for a request form that can be printed out and mailed to the party. Iowans who are currently registered with the Democratic Party can begin requesting Presidential Preference Cards Wednesday. The party will begin mailing request forms January 12th. The last day to request a card will be February 19th, 2024. Iowans must be registered as Democrats by February 19th to participate in the Democratic caucuses, in addition to being eligible to vote in the November 5th, 2024 general election. Cards must be postmarked on or before March 5th in order to be accepted by the State Party. Election 2024, Government and Politics Majority of likely GOP caucus-goers disagree with Trump's abortion comments. Abortion ranks behind economic issues, immigration as voter priorities in Iowa Poll. By Robin Opsall, November 1st, 2023 a majority of likely Republican caucus-goers say they disagree with front-runner Donald Trump's comments on abortion bans, the most recent Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom Iowa poll found. Nevertheless, the poll shows the former president continues to lead the field for the 2024 GOP caucuses, scheduled for January 15th. A plurality of likely Republican caucus-goers said they were taking presidential candidates' positions on abortion restrictions into account ahead of the 2024 Republican presidential nominee cycle, according to poll results published Wednesday. Abortion restrictions were, quote, extremely important, end quote, for 41% of those surveyed, quote, important, end quote, for 38%, and not that important for 20%, the poll found. Over half of likely GOP caucus goers said they disagreed with Trump's comments criticizing six week abortion bans. During a Meet the Press interview in September, Trump called his 2024 rival F- Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to sign into law a six week abortion ban a quote, terrible thing and a terrible mistake. End quote. The former president has defended his comments on the abortion ban in Iowa. He said Republican politicians' positions on the topic after U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade in 2020 is the reason the GOP did not see the expected, quote, red wave, end quote, during the 2022 midterm elections. Added to Buke rally in September, Trump said Republicans need to emphasize their support for abortion ban exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother while campaigning. Quote, Without the exceptions, it is very difficult to win the elections, Trump said. We would probably lose the majorities in 2024 without the exceptions, and perhaps the presidency itself. But you have to follow your heart, Ellipses. But at the same time, we have to win elections. We don't want to be back where we were, End quote. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds criticized Trump's comments, saying in a social media post that, quote, it's never a, subquote, terrible thing. And so, quote, to protect innocent life. Reynolds signed into law a similar measure to the Florida ban in July. In the Iowa poll, 52% of respondents said they disagree with Trump, calling a six week abortion ban a, quote, terrible mistake, end quote, while well, 36% they agreed with his comments and 12% were not sure. Though most likely GOP caucus goers do not agree with Trump's stance on abortion bans, He remains the frontrunner in the 2024 Republican presidential field in the lead-up to the Iowa caucuses. The Iowa poll found 43% of Iowans definitely, or probably, attending the Republican caucuses have Trump as their first choice. His lead ahead of the other candidates grew from the August to October poll, rising from 23 to 27 percentage points ahead of DeSantis, his closest competitor in both polls. Bob Vanderplatz, the CEO of the religious conservative organization Family Leader, wrote in a social media post that the Iowa poll results show that Trump's lead in Iowa is not as strong as some analysts believe. Vanderplatz wrote that he believes most Iowans, quote, when they open their eyes, end quote, will realize that Trump does not share their beliefs of many core issues, quote, life being one of them, he wrote. Groups supporting DeSantis are hoping to use Trump's abortion ban comments to close the distance. And To The Republic, a conservative advocacy group, is sponsoring a $550,000 ad campaign in Iowa, highlighting Trump's comments on Florida's abortion law, according to The Hill. The campaign targeting Iowa conservatives through mail, digital, television, and text message ads will contrast Reynolds' support for the six-week abortion ban and Trump's criticism Quote, a law protecting babies with heartbeats terrible the narrator says in an ad, encouraging Iowans to contact Reynolds and quote thank her for continuing to protect life. End quote. Trump supported Reynolds in her twenty twenty two reelection campaign, but has criticized her on social media for not endorsing him for president. The Iowa governor said in August that she may endorse a candidate quote, down the road, end quote, but that she has been focused on ensuring. 2024 Republican presidential candidates all have a chance to be heard on the Iowa caucus trail in the months ahead of the 2024 nominating process. The former president has accused Reynolds of supporting DeSantis for the presidential nomination. In October, Trump made a social media post suggesting Reynolds' job approval has fallen due to her relationship to DeSantis. Quote, very sad to see Governor Reynolds' numbers go down because of the sanctimonious. I did so much for her, Trump wrote. DeSantis holds the second place position in many early states and national polls, but former UN ambassador Nikki Haley is rising in popularity with some Republicans looking for a Trump alternative. DeSantis and Haley tied with 15% of Iowa poll takers saying they were the respondents' first choice in the caucuses. Haley has also moved ahead of DeSantis in some New Hampshire and South Carolina polls, but DeSantis retained a larger footprint in Iowa. The Florida governor has 67% of likely Republican caucus goers who rank him as their first or second choice, or who are, quote, actively considering, end quote, him, the same total as Trump. Haley has a smaller total of 54% who plan to support her or who are considering her for the 2024 Iowa caucuses. Haley's rise in polls has coincided with an increase in international conflicts involving U.S. allies like Israel and Ukraine. The candidate has emphasized her foreign policy experience at the United Nations in Trump's administration on the campaign trail and called for the U.S. to support Israel in their war against Hamas following the October 7th attack as well as Ukraine against Russian invasion the Israel-Hamas war was, quote, extremely important, end quote, to more poll takers than relations with China, at 57% and 50%, respectively. Only a third of respondents said the Russia-Ukraine war was a primary issue for them in the 2024 presidential nominating process. The only two issues a majority of likely Republican caucus-goers said were not considerations to them were climate change, with 66% saying the issue was, quote, not that important, end quote, and COVID-19 vaccination at 76%. The most important issues for those planning to participate in the Republican caucuses were immigration and the economy. The Iowa poll found 80% ranked, quote, immigration and border security, end quote, and 81%, quote, the economy and inflation, end quote, as extremely important issues ahead of the 2024 election cycle. Quote, government spending and the deficit, end quote, was a top subject for 72% of likely GOP caucus goers. Transgender issues, such as transgender athletes participating in competitions or access for gender affirming care for transgendered minors, are also important to a plurality of likely Republican caucus goers. Transgender issues are an, quote, extremely important, end quote, issue for 32% of Iowans polled, important for 31%. But not important to 35%. Seltzer and Co. conducted the Iowa poll October 22nd through 26th, surveying 404 likely Republican caucus goers. Poll results have a margin of error of plus or minus 4.9 percentage points. DC Bureau, Election 2024, Government and Politics, State and Local Election Workers Quitting Amid Abuse, Officials Tell U.S. Senate Panel. By Jacob Fischler, November 1st, 2023. State and local election officials face threats and intimidation, driving experienced workers out of the profession, a panel of election officials told a U.S. Senate committee Wednesday. Conspiracy theories have fueled a more hostile environment for election workers, which has led many to quit, creating more challenges for the inexperienced new leaders. The top election officials from two battleground states testified at a U.S. Senate Rules and Administration Committee hearing on threats to election administration. Democratic and Republican election workers have been the targets of, quote, threats and abusive conduct, end quote. Rules Committee Chair Amy Klobuchar, a Minnesota Democrat, said, Senators stressed the bipartisan nature of the issue, and neither members of the committee nor the election administrator witnesses, which included state officials from Arizona, Pennsylvania, Nebraska, and the Rutherford County, Tennessee, Administrator of Elections, mentioned former President Donald Trump or his unfounded attempts to discredit the 2020 election results that led to the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Congress must, quote, continue the federal funding and to make clear this is a bipartisan, nonpartisan piece of the work that we do, Klobuchar said. Quote, in recent years, election officials have faced both cybersecurity threats and physical threats, the panel's ranking Republican, Nebraska's Deb Fisher said. They have struggled to retain experienced poll workers and to recruit and train new poll workers. Retention, one of the biggest challenges. Threats against election workers and related issues have worsened since 2020, senators and witnesses said. Twelve of Arizona's fifteen counties lost their chief election official in the last three years. Arizona Secretary of State Adrian Fontes, a Democrat, told the committee. As a former county recorder myself, I can attest that the pre twenty twenty world for election administrators is gone, he said. We don't feel safe in our work because of the harassment and threats that are based in lies. He urged action to combat the misinformation that has led to distrust of election officials, calling it a, quote, threat to American democracy, end quote. Quote, many veteran Arizona officials from both political parties, ellipses, have left the profession for the sake of their own physical, mental, and emotional health and that of the families, Fonte said. The cost of persistent misrepresentations about the integrity of our elections is high, but the cost of inaction against those threats is higher. End quote. More than 50 top local officials resigned over the same period in Pennsylvania, Klobuchar said. The entire staff of the election officials in Buckingham County, Virginia, left earlier this year, she added. Election workers saw new levels of hostility after 2020. Elizabeth Howard, a researcher at the Brennan Center for Justice, a progressive voting rights nonprofit, testified. That environment has led many experienced administrators to leave the profession, election administrators said. Pennsylvania Secretary of the Commonwealth, Al Schmidt, a Republican and the state's highest-ranking election official, described a vicious cycle. Experienced election officials' resignation left less experienced workers in charge. Quote, They're more likely to make errors, and make errors in an environment where everything is perceived as being intentional and malicious and seeking to change the outcome of the election, he said. Schmidt said the difficulty in retaining election workers and recruiting new ones is, quote, one of the biggest challenges end quote, in running elections. But the environment since Trump pushed unfounded theories that his reelection loss in 2020 was illegitimate made it that much more difficult. Quote, it almost defies common sense that we have people who want to get into these jobs, Fonte said. Red state officials report fewer issues. Nebraska Deputy Secretary of State Wayne J. Benna who serves in an unelected position under an elected Republican, did not mention threats or intimidation of election workers in a state, but defended their work. A manual audit revealed only 11 discrepancies in nearly 50,000 ballots, he said. Quote, that's an error rate of 23 thousandths of 1%, he said. This post-election audit provided valuable data in each county to verify the accuracy of our ballot counting equipment. Let me be clear, this expanded audit was not easy but it provides another example of how our election officials go above and beyond to ensure the utmost integrity in our elections. J. Allen Farley, who oversees a county election commission in Rutherford County, Tennessee, said his workers have not experienced physical threats and the issue has not affected his office's recruitment efforts. In a recent event for about 250 election workers to discuss the 2024 presidential cycle, some who worked the 2020 and 2022 elections were, quote, eager to return, he said. Quote, threats to election officials were never mentioned, end quote, during the event, he said. But Farley said county elections officials in Tennessee did face cybersecurity challenges and could use federal funding to address them, he said. Quote, Many counties in the state of Tennessee do not have adequate funding for county IT departments," he said. Conspiracy theories feed difficult environment, but the election administrators from the states with more contested elections said threats have increased in recent years, fueled largely by the types of unfounded conspiracy theories that Trump espoused. Administrators should take seriously the legitimate threats to election integrity, which is a real issue," Schmidt, whom Trump personally attacked for his work overseeing Philadelphia's 2020 election results, said, But conspiracy theorists who claim to be concerned with election integrity often promote wildly absurd ideas, he said, adding that such claims were particularly numerous about Philadelphia in the 2020 election cycle. Quote, I can't begin to share the number in Philadelphia that we experienced in 2020 that if it were a movie you'd walk out. It's just so dumb, Schmidt said. But a lot of people believe it. Georgia Democrat John Ossoff said conspiracy theories led to 65,000 voter registration challenges in just eight counties in his state in the lead-up to the 2020 midterms. The challenges were, quote, overwhelmingly frivolous, end quote, and targeted black voters, Ossoff said. Fontes urged a more aggressive posture to fight misinformation. Quote, I think we need to be very, very much more robust in attacking the illegitimate attacks for what they are. Conspiracy theories and lies designed to undermine our democracy, Fonte said. Ag and Environment, D.C. Bureau, Government and Politics. Biden launches, quote, Investing in Rural America, end quote, Push with Cabinet Officials. By Ashley Murray, November 1st, 2023. Washington. President Joe Biden and administration officials are kicking off an quote, "Investing in Rural America" end quote, event series, starting with a visit to a Minnesota farm Wednesday to announce nearly $5 billion for conservation, economic development, and climate-smart agriculture. Biden, who is running for re-election in 2024, has been highlighting what the administration calls "Bidenomics" for months as the presidential campaign season escalates. However, Polling has found many Americans continue to be pessimistic about the economy, despite the upbeat message from the White House. Cabinet secretaries and senior administration officials will be, quote, barnstorming across the country, end quote, for the next two weeks, according to the White House. Visits will include stops in Arizona, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. In addition to the agriculture dollars, the administration will highlight hundreds of millions for high-speed internet and renewable energy in rural areas. The programs are funded by a combination of dollars earmarked under the 2020s Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and American Rescue Plan of 2021, laws that Biden points to as milestones of his administration. Quote, This is an exciting opportunity to celebrate the importance of rural America and to reflect the Biden-Harris administration's deep commitment to investing into improving life and opportunity in rural places, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, a former Iowa governor, told reporters on a press call Tuesday. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will distribute funds across several program areas, including $2 billion across 99 rural economic development projects in nine states and Puerto Rico. $1.7 $1.7 billion for climate change mitigation and 81 conservation projects. $1.1 billion in just over 100 loans and grants for infrastructure upgrades. $274 million for high-speed internet. $145 million for renewable energy in rural communities. Biden and Vilsack will deliver afternoon remarks at Dutch Creek Farms in Northfield, Minnesota, where the family-run operation grows corn and soybeans and raises hogs. Dutch Creek's owners have, quote, used several climate-smart agriculture techniques to make their farm more sustainable, including growing crops that naturally sequester carbon and improve soil quality, farming in a way that limits soil disturbance, and creating riparian buffers to protect nearby waterways from pollutants, according to the White House. Biden is scheduled to participate in an evening campaign reception in Minneapolis, according to the White House schedule. And that does it for today's reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch 4, November 3rd, 2023. I'm your reader, Stephen Gaeser. You can access the recording of today's reading on our website, iowaradioreading.org, anytime. Thanks for listening.
1: Are you among the millions of Americans living with chronic pain? If so, you may think prescription opioids are the solution. The truth is, the benefits of opioids are limited. Opioids only mask the pain. Opioids also come with serious side effects, ranging from nausea to withdrawal symptoms to overdose. As many as 25% of people who are prescribed opioids struggle with addiction. And those who are addicted to opioids are 40 times more likely to move on to heroin. No one wants to live in pain. But no one should put their health at risk to be pain-free. There is another choice, physical therapy. Physical therapists treat pain through movement and exercise, no warning labels required. And you get to be an active participant in your care. Choose to treat your pain safely. Choose physical therapy. Visit moveforwardpt.com to find a physical therapist near you. This public service announcement is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association.